This is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your host that's loving the spring weather. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 63 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we will be talking about the top DIY landscaping mistakes that you want to avoid. Before we jump into that, I just have to express my love of the weather right now. Uh, (laughs) At the risk of my audio quality for this podcast, I've decided to record outside on our back patio and I am loving it. Hopefully you can get a sense of that energy in my voice. I, I'm loving that the spring is upon us. Things are starting to green up. Of course, that means too, things are going to start growing like bonkers in our landscape and it's going to be crazy because we need to do a ton of work on our yard to turn it into something that's beautiful and low maintenance and something that we love as well, where we can enjoy it more than we work on it. So we're right there with you. We're working on transforming our landscape over these next few years into something beautiful and easy and that's what we're all about here so i hope you enjoy this journey and i hope we can also help you transform your landscape into something that's beautiful easy and low maintenance and with that guys i want to ask a favor from you and that is to share the show the growth of this podcast is really important to me so we can reach more people to help more people to save time on their landscape and to enjoy the beauty of a landscape. That's what I believe landscapes are meant for is to be something enjoyable and beautiful that we can relax and that return more to us than we have to put into them. And so if you know somebody that might appreciate what we're talking about here on this show, I'd appreciate if you share it with them. So what you can do in most podcast apps, there's a share button and you can just easily share it. And you can also mention a favorite episode if you want that they can check out, or you can just quickly and easily take a screenshot of the show as you're playing it and send it in a text message to somebody that you love. And I'd love to hear from you and who you're sharing it with, what this show means to you. And so you can always reach out and uh, contact me uh, and and share that with me. And, And I'd love to share that on the show, too, so we can talk about where you're listening from, what you're doing in your landscape, and how this is maybe transforming you through your landscape. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. I really want to talk about today because, you know, I see so many people working on their yards and kind of just, you know, things get messed up or things aren't done right and it causes more work or it just kind of looks a little, I'll be honest, it kind of looks ugly. And uh, I don't know if you guys can hear the birds in the background, but uh, the birds are back in town and they're so much fun. They're just having a blast with the uh, the spring weather. And right now when I'm recording this, it is, so the show's coming out here uh, mid-April. I, I'll be honest, I'm recording this like right at the end of March and uh, and it's just beautiful outside. It's about 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So for you guys that live in the South, that sounds frigid, but up here in the Midwest in Cincinnati region, uh, it is beautiful and awesome after the the low 20s and, and teens and single digits that we've had in the past few months and it's kind of crazy. So anyway, all right, let's jump in for today's show. So common mistakes for DIY landscaping that you want to avoid. And again, this is something so many people when they're working on their yard, they make so many of these mistakes that just it doesn't really help. 
Okay, it feels like help when you're doing it, but it doesn't really help in the long term. So how do we avoid these mistakes? First, we identify them. First, and, and then second, we, uh, we work to figure out what's already existing in your yard that might be uh, one of these mistakes. And then also, how do we fix or avoid these mistakes in the future? And that's basically an outline of today's show. So when it comes to common mistakes, one of the most important mistakes that I see made and commonly across landscapes is planting without planning. And I do this. I'm guilty of this myself. I will be guilty of it in the future because I love plants. And when I see a great plant, that especially when it's a great deal, if it's on clearance at the end of the season, I just got to have it, right? And so then I have to sit, <laughs> sit around and figure out, well, where the heck am I going to put this thing? And, uh, you know, so many times we end up at the nursery or we end up, at, you know, at the big box store um, buying some lumber or some trim or whatever. And we decide to take a stroll through the nursery. And before we know it, we have a cart full of plants that we're taking home that maybe were on sale or that just looked pretty or they were in bloom or whatever. And the reality is that's not the way to go about uh, designing and planting and planning your landscape. Instead, what we need to do is we need to research and plan first. It's not the cool um, you know, the cool part of it, right? It's, it's the hard work part of it, but it's the part that is most important and gives the biggest return on your landscape. So, so many times we end up purchasing the wrong plants or planting the wrong plants in the wrong space. And so it's so important to figure out what plants are adaptable to your location, where they can survive and not only survive, but thrive in that condition. And so they need as little work as possible for us to make them happy. And that goes a long way toward creating a low-maintenance landscape. Likewise, we usually don't plan in having a good garden bed in place with those plants. So it's not only about the plants themselves, but how we establish those plants. And so, so many times I see single plantings uh, where it's just one plant kind of spread about the landscape hodgepodge. I'm staring at multiple plants that I've done this with in my landscape right now. So even somebody who is big on design and planning still makes these mistakes. So I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing a finger at everybody, all of us. And and so what happens here is this causes maintenance issues too with having to, uh, tr- you know, having extra borders around these plants to maintain. Anytime there's a border, that's an opportunity for more maintenance. And we don't want that. So uh, that means, you know, we have to weed around it more often. We have to mow around it instead of just mowing right past that area. uh, If we have a lawn, for example, and it's just more work. So instead, what we need to do is plan out our planting areas uh, with good conscious design that is appealing, that is low maintenance and is best for the plants that we select for that place. So next with the planning piece and planting is that a lot of times we don't plan for uh, existing utilities, structures, or hardscapes. And so what I'm talking about here is we're not planning for the growth of the plants. Plants are living creatures. And so when we plant them, inevitably they grow, right? And if they're, of course, if they're happy. And so many times when it comes to trees and shrubs, we plant trees and shrubs in places where we haven't thought about their long-term health and the long-term health of our space too. And so these plants end up growing into fences or 
the eaves of a house or rubbing up against the siding of a house or even worse, growing up into uh, overhead utility lines, so power lines and uh, cable lines, or they grow downward into submerged utilities. Those are all issues. Likewise, if we plant a, a matured or a, a tree that will become mature next to a hardscape, too close to a driveway or a sidewalk, it ends up buckling the concrete because those roots are so powerful. Likewise, it can also destroy a foundation. If we plant a big tree, you know, something that will grow big, right next to a foundation, it causes massive issues in a submerged foundation. So we have to plan for all of these things. Okay, let's move on. The next common mistake I have is poor access. Now, access is basically the way we traverse our property. So this is from the very border of our property to the front of our house, to our garage, to our shed, to our back door, uh, wherever, outside of our deck. So wherever there's traffic that happens across your property, that's what I call access. And a lot of times, access isn't well-planned, where we end up having to do more work by, uh, you know, circumventing a route that could be much easier if we planned it properly. Or maybe that route is overgrown or just too narrow or just not in the right spot. Um, and so planning out proper access is also very important. Now, this is sometimes, well, many times an issue, especially with the front of the home, where it's not your fault. Uh, it's the, it's something that wasn't planned properly or just kind of cheaped or um, cheaped out. That's a term, right? Um, or a corner that was cut with the contractor that built the house. And so, so many times we have this beautiful home and then it has this tiny little walkway that's kind of just curving around randomly. That's highly inconvenient to walk across. It's highly inconvenient to access from your driveway. And it's just, it just doesn't fit, right? It doesn't fit the home. You have this big home and you're constricted through this narrow little walkway. That's super common. And so what we need to do is plan for appropriate access. So not only that front walk, which for us, it was so, so frustrating to me because we had this exact scenario. I actually busted up our complete front walkway and report it with a nice, beautiful, new walkway just this past fall. And it's beautiful. It's awesome. We love it. I would actually, if I had done it again, I would have probably made it even wider because I just love good, broad, convenient, wide access. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing to not have to think about where you're walking when you're coming to the front of your house. You want to feel pulled into it instead of constricted through it. And, you know, that's kind of, I guess, a design perspective of it. But so likewise, not to dwell on the front of your house too much, but also you want access to the side of your house where your garbage cans stay, for example. So think about those areas and are they convenient? Are they easy? When it rains, can you still walk there? Do you need to maybe put in like a little stone pathway? Can you afford to maybe pour in a concrete pathway that's much nicer, much more durable? Do you have good access to your storage area, to your garden? All those things. So plan for that access before you put in a new garden space. And plan to fix it if you have a space that's so inconvenient that it's, it deserves to be fixed. So think about those things. Okay, let's move on. So the next piece, uh, well, to summarize real quick, we talked about planting without planning. I would say that's probably the most important thing. If you can fix by planning first and then planting, 
you're going to fix a ton of your issues. So that will that encompasses selecting the right plants as as well as planning for the right planting beds. And I'm going to repeat that before the end of the show. The next piece we talked about is poor access. So let's move on to clutter. Clutter is a big thing. So when it comes to a landscape, <laughs> right now I'm staring at a bunch of clutter in our backyard because our backyard has served as kind of like the the dumping ground slash project space along with our garage for uh, transforming our home as well as our landscape. So I have a bunch of materials in our backyard right now from various projects that have kind of just been put there on hold because I want them for maybe future use uh, <laughs> instead of getting rid of them. And, uh, and so it's pretty unsightly. And And what that does is it kind of, you know, it reflects how you, you know, it impacts how you feel about your space. You want your space to feel refreshing. You want it to feel clean. Not, you know, clean as in like free of dirt, but clean as in not cluttered. And having clutter there doesn't add to a relaxing, beautiful environment. So there's ways to either, for one, you can remove the clutter, right? So for example, there are things I have in our backyard right now that we just need to get rid of, right? We need to get it out of the space. But secondly, what we can also do here and what I suggest is you can mask the clutter. So clutter can be anything from the pile of wood that I'm staring at in the back that's kind of rotting through. And really we shouldn't be burning anyway at this point. A pile of rocks that I used in the last project. Um, some Our compost pile also. A wonderful, beautiful thing that I don't plan on getting rid of. But we can make it a beautiful, <laughs> we can make it attractive at the same time. And right now it's not. It's very functional. It's not uh, attractive. Likewise, I'm staring at our air conditioning unit. That's another example of clutter. You know, it's not, it's not your tip, you know, it's not socks laying on your bedroom floor, but what it is, is it's a, it breaks up the visual space. And that's, I guess what I'm kind of alluding to is clutter can be something that is, is physical clutter, things that are left where they shouldn't be, or things that are left in an unkempt way. But it can also be things that break up a visual space, like an air conditioning unit. So how do you plan to to kind of mask that clutter or help it blend into the space? So for example, with the air conditioning unit, it's, it's kind of difficult, right? Because you can't put something right next to it to where it prevents the function of the air conditioning unit. It has to be able to dissipate heat very well, right? And so instead, what you can do is maybe mask it at a, a slight distance. So it has plenty of space, but maybe you put some kind of plantings uh, you know, five feet away from it or 10 feet away from it, that in your relaxation area from your patio, maybe you don't see it uh, right away. You have to look to see it, right? And so in that way, you can reduce the clutter by designing a good planting for that space. Or you can put, you know, a little screening fence right there, for example. Okay, so let's move on. So next, too much lawn. This is a thorn in my side because I believe... 99% of people have too much lawn. We fit in this bucket. We won't hopefully in the future, but for now we do. When we moved into this house, it was essentially a house on a half acre lot. That was it. Now it's a house with a shed on a half acre lot. <laughs> but um, slowly we have things that have replaced the lawn. We put in a vegetable garden that takes away part of the lawn. I also put in a rainwater harvesting area that uh, uses earthworks and, and will be planted with beautiful plants soon, uh, like a pollinator garden. And so that replaces some of our lawn. 
out front we put in some beautiful front entry garden beds and and added some hardscape too with with increasing our walkway that took away some of our lawn what you can do is replace your lawn where you don't need it with beautiful things that don't require work so too much lawn adds to for one it's just a visual monotony so it's 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 become kind of like the um the the most common thing to do with the landscape i don't know i don't know what to say about it really and and really it's not from a design standpoint that beautiful right it's this monotonous patch of green grass that you have to work at a bunch and that's really where it gets me is that it requires a ton of work a ton of resources if you want to have a beautiful lawn you have to put in a lot of work to maintain it right you have to cut it very often to keep it healthy you have to continually fertilize it and irrigate it as well and depending on where you live, it requires a lot more work and a lot more resources. So it not only is it a, a drain on our time, but also on our checkbook, right? Or, or, or PayPal account now, I guess. <laughs> um, so, so lawns are a huge resource drain. I've talked about this in previous episodes. We just had an episode on this, guys. And And really, uh, you know, so too much lawn is another common mistake from a design standpoint as well. So I talked about the maintenance stuff already in our Easy Lawn Care episode. Scroll back just a few episodes and you'll see that episode pop up. But right now, too much lawn, I'm talking from a design standpoint. It's not visually appealing. It's monotonous. Some lawn can be very beautiful. I'll admit, there, there are designs where a lawn really brings the space together. Think about some of those, I'm sure you've seen some of those beautiful French estates that um, just are, have expansive lawns, but they're not just lawn. They're, they're a part of the total design. And so what we have now is essentially all lawn and then a little foundation garden right next to our house and that's it. And it's very monotonous. It doesn't pull the landscape together. It's you actually your brain has to think about where the border of your property is. And maybe people don't want that. Maybe you want your property to blend into the next property. But I would wager to guess that you would like to define your space and show that this is part of your space. That's how I feel. And so landscaping can really do that and really bring a space together instead of dilute it and blend it apart. Okay, so enough about lawn. The last piece I have is not budgeting for landscape design. I'll be honest, guys. Landscaping can be very expensive. It can be. It doesn't have to be. But all in all, it still requires resources. So when I'm talking about budgeting, I'm talking about time, I'm talking about effort, and I'm talking about money. So it's not just money. So, and usually, depending upon your landscape, we talked about this recently in a past couple episodes. Uh, I believe it was episodes 60 and 61. Um, we talked about uh, landscaping on a budget and cost-saving strategies for landscaping. I can't remember those episode numbers exactly off the top of my head. So let me just check it real quick. So yes, uh, episodes 59 and 60. If you want to talk about landscaping on a budget, check out episodes 59 and 60. And there you'll, you'll learn a lot more about landscaping on a budget. Regardless, not budgeting for a landscape design stops a project in its tracks or stops your whole landscape vision in its tracks. So instead, what you can do up front, and I talk about a lot more detail in these two episodes, but in a nutshell... 
planning is free if you're doing it by yourself. So if you learn how to do the plan- planning part, you can do that for absolutely free. You can go through multiple iterations of planning until you get a design that you love across your whole landscape. And then you can, over time, implement that plan. Okay? And so that's what you can do. That's what I talk about on this show. Here we talk about DIY landscaping, right? So when you're doing it yourself, learn how to do the planning process. Bring in a pro if you need to to help with that process. But then you can really save, you know, of course that costs money then, but that's okay because it saves you time and you get a professional quality design if you get a good designer helping you out. But once you get to that part, then you can plan out your project implementation over phases and likely your plans will change and that's okay as long as you stick with your initial vision and the whole vision is cohesive, all right? But but when it comes to uh, budgeting for your landscape design, think about the amount of time that you desire to uh, install your landscape over and also the the amount of money or cost that you have available how much resources do you have available over what time scale as well and and plan that appropriately and realize that yes plants are expensive hardscape materials can be expensive so depending on what you do and also labor is expensive too right so if you're having help brought in uh, factor that in Or if you're doing it yourself, make sure you're doing it the right way, okay? So when it comes to plants, there are ways to save money. Check out those episodes again where I talk about that in more detail. So to summarize, common mistakes are planting without planning, which includes selecting uh, the wrong plants and also not planting in established garden beds that you plan out to do properly to reduce maintenance. Uh, Poor access, clutter, too much lawn, and not budgeting for landscape design. So when it comes to coming into a new landscape, or maybe you just haven't thought about this yet, there are ways to kind of find these mistakes. So of course you can look for those specific things we just talked about with common mistakes, but also there's just certain areas, uh, maybe they're not mistakes per se, but more like problem areas, right? So how do you find problem areas in your landscape? Well, I have a a quick checklist exercise here we can go through to figure that out. So when it comes to finding mistakes in your landscape, one of the first things you can do is just kind of sit out in your landscape. So this is an experiential thing. If it's the middle of winter, one, put on a coat and some gloves maybe and see if you can do this. But if not, you can kind of just glance out your windows and do the same exercise. But I really suggest... Go out in your landscape to experience it, feel it, breathe it, smell it, you know, hear it. And that really puts you into your yard. Your yard is a place of nature, even if it's just complete lawn. It's still a natural world. And using your senses to do this process is very helpful. Okay, so when we go out in our yard, start to think about what requires extra work. Okay, start with thinking just what requires work. Okay, and then really when you think about the extra work piece, what what requires more work than it maybe could otherwise? So a great example that we just talked about is the lawn piece, right? So thinking about your lawn, how much work does it take? And do you fully utilize that space that where it repays the amount of work you put into it, for example? Okay, so thinking about that also with access we talked about. So if you're I'm looking at our deck right now and it, it has a an exit off the back of it. The rest of it's covered by a little side rail fence. 
by walking out that back part, I have to walk straight out and then turn to go either way through our property. And so it restricts the access, for example. So it requires, even though it's small, it requires extra work. Likewise, our vegetable garden is the back corner of our property. By placing it in the back corner of our property, each time to go through that veg or go to that vegetable garden to attend it, I have to walk across my deck, turn, and walk another 40 to 50 feet before I get to the vegetable garden. If it was right outside our back window, without having to walk across the deck even, I can guarantee I would attend it more often, and I would take care of it better. Okay, so think about these things. What requires extra work, and is there a way to maybe, uh, you know, even right now, we don't even have to think about the solution. Is there just a way that it could be improved? What part of it could be improved? And just leave it at that. We can think about the specific solution later. And, you know, I, re- I really suggest as you're going through this process to just jot a few notes down. Because as you're going through it, likely you'll forget what you thought about at the first part of this exercise. So next piece, what causes problems? Okay, so maybe you have, for example, a um, your your access panel for your electric stuff, uh, your underground electric. You know, it's that big, tall, gray box that sits out in front of your yard uh, shared on your neighbor's property line. Maybe, maybe as your kids are playing out there, they always end up tripping over that thing, right? Getting bruised knees. So could you maybe plan a, a design around that box to prevent them from even going there in the first place? So um, again, what causes problems? Maybe you have your trash cans on the side of your house where they're out of sight, right? But also, because of that, people end up leaving trash near your front porch, for example, as they're snacking on a, you know, a popsicle near your kids, right? Or maybe when it rains, as you're walking to get your trash cans, it gets all muddy and messy. Those are examples of problems that could be fixed in a certain way. So again, we're not thinking about the specific solution but more talking about some of the issues with our landscape right now and and maybe some th- some ways that it would be improved. So for example, with the muddy piece, right, the muddy path to the trash can. Well, the solution that we shouldn't think about right now is is well, let's put in a pathway right there, okay? But what we're talking about right now instead of what I suggest is first identify the issue. Muddy uh access to trash can, right? So that would be example of the issue then the potential solution would be reduce the muddiness near the trash cans. That's as far as we want to go right now because there's there's many solutions to that. So solution one could be building that pathway. Another solution could be moving the trash cans, right? And so we don't want to constrict ourselves on thinking of a single solution right now. We want to think holistically about our landscape. What are the various problems across our landscape? And then start to kind of coalesce everything to, to understand what are the best solutions that all match together, if that makes sense. So that's why we don't want to think about the specific solution right now. We just want to identify the problems and think about how those problems could be improved without the specific solution. And usually when you're talking about how it could be improved, it's just the reverse of the problem. So the garden is far away and doesn't get accessed often. A potential... Um, uh, issue or what issue needs to be solved what what needs to be solved without thinking about the specific solution is what needs to be solved is a closed garden that can be accessed often 
So one solution could be putting it behind the back window like I talked about. Another solution could be integrating it with your front garden bed so you walk past it multiple times a day. That's a great solution. So again, there's multiple solutions that, that solve the problem. Okay, all right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so we talked about what takes extra work, what causes problems. Next piece, this is more of an uh, internal thing. What feels unnecessary or what looks ugly, okay? So these are things that, again, when we're talking about our landscape, we want our landscapes to reward us. We want to feel like they bring us home. They relax us. They let us get some energy out, you know, get that negative energy out and renew us for a new day, right? That's what our landscapes should do for us. They should be a place of joy, a place of peace, a place of play, all right, and not a place of work. And so what looks ugly or feels unnecessary, you know, that's kind of a design thing, but it's also a very important piece of your landscape. Landscapes shouldn't just be practical because they don't bring us joy. That's, that's just a place of work then. And so what are the parts that can make us feel joy in our landscape is really what this is getting to. So really getting to the root cause of what looks ugly or feels unnecessary is a great way to kind of to, to attack that and identify that. And so if I think about our front landscape, we've really gone huge strides recently with redesigning our front landscape. So what looks ugly or feels unnecessary? Well, the ugly piece was just the whole front of our house. We're still working on repairing some of the architecture of our house. But as far as the landscaping goes, we just put in our beautiful front foundational landscaping. Improved access, really enhanced our pride, and also enhanced the overall resale value of our home just by this small project. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's really increased our pride, and it's made a place of joy for us when we come to our house. Um, so when I look at the back of our house, where we haven't really touched our landscape yet, I talked about all that clutter, right? So that's the stuff that looks ugly. We have a rock that our deck was built around because the previous owner loved this rock. That's unnecessary because our deck is built around it. It's kind of the opposite of, of what you would think would be done. And so this deck is just so oddly shaped just because of this one rock that's something that feels unnecessary it takes away from the space as opposed to providing joy for the space because we just have this awkwardly shaped deck now okay so that's another example okay next piece (laughs) this is kind of a you know a, um, a hodgepodge here things that uh this is to kind of identify issues with plants so issues with plants includes diseased plants or unhealthy plants that's an indication that it's maybe not the right plant for that space okay Uh, where do you have foundation problems this again indicates that maybe you have that wrong plant in that space so do you have an overgrown tree unfortunately i hate the idea of cutting down some of our trees we have three mature trees that were growing too close to our house and we massively trimmed them back when we moved in the house so they looked like these ugly skeletons but we're probably just going to have to cut them down finally because they cause foundation problems we would rather have a house than have three trees in our landscape that look really nice unfortunately so what we'll be doing is replanting new trees uh, to take their place in a in a healthier space away from the house where they won't uh come up against the foundation and cause issues like they have been next piece what requires routine trimming 
that's another planting issue. So whether it's your lawn that requires frequent edging, can you better plan those edges to where you don't have to edge it so often? Maybe you put in a border piece or you put in a, um, an edge border, a lawn edge border, for example. Um, do you have pl- trees that require frequent pruning? or plants that require being cut back frequently. These are examples that maybe you could find a better plant for that space. Now, of course, for each of these scenarios, unfortunately, it requires replacing the plant. But it identifies issues with the space, and that's what we're talking about again. One potential solution is removing the plant. There are other solutions. One of them could be continue trimming this plant, but maybe it's at a less frequent basis, um, you know, at specific times of the year, where it, or maybe trimming it back uh, more, more um, aggressively each time you trim it, as long as it doesn't damage the plant too much. So these are examples of things you should figure out with your plants, but at first, it's very important just to identify them. Okay, so let's move on to the last piece So we talked about common mistakes. We talked about how to find mistakes. Now, what about fixing and avoiding mistakes? This will be a much faster piece here. So stick with me. This is very important. And we'll talk through this. And, uh, you know, this is awesome show because I really hope it helps you avoid some of these mistakes in your landscape or to repair and fix these. You know, these aren't, you know, the, the great thing about landscaping is landscapes are, are, they're like clay, you know, they can be reshaped and remolded. Of course it costs time or money, but there's something that usually it's not permanent, right? So landscapes are this fluid thing that we can, we can shape and we can transform. And that's the beauty of it too. Okay, so fixing and avoiding mistakes. Well, this goes in tandem with what we talked about with our common mistakes. First, you plan, then you plant. Okay, so plan first, plant last. That's very, very important, right? Second, plan for the maturity of your plants. We talked about this again, right, with some of the mistakes. So make sure when you're selecting a plant, you think about not what it looks like right now, but what's the maximum size it will grow to? How deep will the roots go, right? And that's very important, both of those things. How, how tall, how wide, how deep do the roots go, how far out do the roots go, okay? Those are all important things. Consider long-term maintenance needs, okay? This is a great example of why I strongly dislike lawns, for example. They require tons of long-term maintenance, right? So what other plants are you selecting that require long-term maintenance? Are you selecting a plant that is going to need continual feeding in order to uh, stay healthy in your landscape? Maybe there's an analogous plant that you could select there that will grow completely by itself without any work, okay? So consider long-term maintenance needs. Likewise, maybe you're planting a border that will cause weed problems in between the cracks of the border. Can you prevent that with your design? Account for plant needs. This kind of goes in tandem with what we just talked about. The plants need sun, soil, water. Plan for plants that are adaptable to the conditions you already have. Account for utilities in existing structures. This goes with the planning for the maturity of your plants, but even when you're installing your landscape, you need to know where your utilities are and uh, what existing structures you have and how your landscape uh, project might be affected by that. Likewise, what plants you're selecting, how will they interact with your existing utilities and your existing structures? Last piece, again, touching on that first point of common mistakes of planting without planning. Avoid solo plantings and impulse buys. 
very rarely does a solo planting uh, translate to good design appeal, okay? Likewise, very rarely do impulse buys uh, pan out well for your plant design, okay? Uh, I'm guilty of this. I have a pile of clearance plants I bought last fall that are still waiting to be planted somewhere that I thought at the time were awesome. Now, on the plus side, they only cost a dollar each, but now I have to plan where those dollar each plants are going to go to form a nice piece of our property with a design that looks beautiful as opposed to being something I have to spend extra work on. Okay, so avoid solo plantings and impulse buys unless you are looking specifically for that plant for your design that you already planned out. Okay, guys, that is pretty much a wrap for today's show. So again, I just want to re-highlight the common mistakes that we talked about today. So first and most important, planting without planning. Planning is the most important piece you can do for your landscape. It's often the most overlooked piece. So figure out how to do the planning piece. Unfortunately, it's a very complex piece too, right? And so that is what the Easy Living Yards membership is all about, is how to properly plan and install your landscape to avoid those costly mistakes. So the next piece, poor access. Again, plan for appropriate access. This means adequate, uh, spacious, and in the right direction, in the right place. Clutter. Too much clutter is a very big thing for your landscape. Make sure it's not visually or physically cluttered. Too much lawn most common mistake ever probably not budgeting for landscape design you don't want your project stopped in its tracks because you don't have the time or the the monetary budget to complete your landscape so to help you guys with this whole process we talked a lot about selecting plants right so i have an awesome resource low maintenance plants for the midwest if you live anywhere east of the mississippi river this list is going to be helpful for you. Uh, if you live in the southern tip of Florida, unfortunately, this probably won't be a, a very helpful list for you. I haven't gotten other resources for other climates together yet. Hey, I grew up in the Midwest, guys. I know plants best right around here. Uh, and so I'm not quite the expert when it comes to southern Florida low-maintenance plants or you know southwest California low-maintenance plants, unfortunately. So I will pull together experts, hopefully in the future, to get some of these resources together. For now, uh, just if you live in the Midwest or even in the Northeast, check out this awesome resource, Low-Maintenance Plants for the Midwest. It's a free download. Go check it out. Likewise, guys, I talked a lot about planning, right? Planning is a very important piece. Getting together a good cohesive design is a skill that a lot of people don't have. I get it. It's tough. Uh, well, fortunately for you, I love it. And I've done a ton of practice and research in this space to learn how to do good, appropriate design. And also, very importantly, how to translate it to the do-it-yourselfer. And that is what the Easy Living Arts membership is about, is to help you to design your own landscape, to do, you know, figure out how to get a good design together and to get a design that works for you in your space and then select the right plants for that space and then how to install it the best way that saves you time, effort, and money. And it avoids, most importantly, it avoids long-term maintenance that requires a ton of work or a ton of money and also avoids costly mistakes. Landscaping mistakes can be very costly, right? And so that's what the Easy Living Yards membership is about. So if you're ready to transform your landscape and really want to make a big impact in your life through your yard, check out the Easy Living Yards membership. You can go to ely.how slash membership. There's obviously a link in the show notes as usual. 
All the links for today's show are ely.how slash episode 63. Likewise, you can always ask me a question over at ely.how slash pod. That has a list of all of my podcast episodes right on that page. And right at the top of the page, there's a button to ask me a question. Guys, I really enjoyed today's show. I hope you're enjoying the weather, whatever time and place you're in right now. There's always something enjoyable about the weather. Even if it feels miserable, think about what that weather brings to you and to your landscape. With that, guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.